benefit. And they're all Love Talk the Radio. Just because when you don't listen to the name, you have to click on their name. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching. Get answers to your questions and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of The Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Um, all of the things that God has in mind for today, for this week. You know, we're coming into a place where the Lord literally is going to, um, li- I think he's getting ready to show himself different and strong. I'm liking it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I want to talk to them today, Ashley, about what God is doing. And I'm, so I'm looking for this one little file that says what God is doing. <laughs> well, we'll welcome your Facebook and YouTubers as well. <laughs> and we're excited that you are finding out and digging up what God is doing. Yes. Well, I'm going to share this because I think this is important. Um, you know, God is getting ready to move. I'm going to put a prophecy up on the screen, a little bit of it. Only a little bit of it because, you know, Facebook gets excited. Yeah, well, we're still trying to catch up from last Thursday. Was that last? Uh, was that only a week ago? That was only seven days ago. Uh, uh, that's hard to believe it. So uh, forgive me for showing you the distracted side of me, but I promise you, really you will like it. You will love it, you know. And so I'm, I'm just trying to get it done because I worked on it yesterday, actually. Well, you know, Dr. Price, we like it when you work on things. Mm. And so I'm going to try to get this. Care. She's bringing in the word. And uh, I want to just encourage everyone who is watching to share this with your friends. Mm. Share this with your enemies. Share this with... <laughs> That's right. You want your enemies to be your classmates, schoolmates, pewmates. Convert them. <laughs> to convert them. Turn your enemies into your friends. But if you missed last week's broadcast, you have to go back on Dr. Price's uh, Facebook just the last Thursday or her YouTube channel. The Paula Price Show is the YouTube channel. And you need to revisit. She addressed why a lot of these New Year's prophecies do not come to pass. And that is. And I'm just going to do this because that's how it won't. Know. How about this? Won't come to pass. Yes. Yeah. And they won't come to pass because they're not written on your book. See, they're not. If just because a prophecy comes out of a prophet's mouth doesn't mean it's written on your page in Christ. Selah. See, because a lot of this stuff, we're going to talk about this because I want to, you know, I'm going to do a couple of uh, webinars. One of them is going to be um, doing the prophecy timeline. Yes, you like that idea? I do. Okay. We're doing the prophecy timeline. I'm doing the spiritual intervention. I'm finishing up. What's my favorite subject? Prayer portal. And? Spiritual protocratic. All right. See, she spilled the beans. And so, and spiritual protocratics. And the reason that I'm saying all of this is because I want you to continue checking our page to see when these um, webinars are um, going to be held. There will be some on site. So if you live in the Tulsa area, come on in and be a part of the roundtable, the discussion, et cetera. 
And then if you're online, of course, follow through. So we have that. But I I was given an assignment from the Lord. Oops. From the Lord. Get out your notepad. Get out your notepad. I was given. <laughs> you know, Rachel comes to work the cam- camera and take notes. <laughs> you know? She works the camera and she takes notes. And so, um, but I wanted to. I want to give you what God is doing and why he's doing what he's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I say amen? Yes, I like amen. Amen is like, get on it, God, do it. So um, I took my time to do this because I really wanted you to be able to see it. So it's coming up on the screen, and we're going to do all of these sessions, <laughs> hopefully, to read them to you. I've not been this far off, but you know what? I stayed up late, woke up this morning groggy because I stayed up late because uh, I want to go back to our November commission. And in going back, <laughs> in going back to our November commissioning, we, um, I want to share with you what God has done with it. We in, in, in Tulsa have been working this out for a little bit. And so we, I want to go back to the commissioning and share with you what the Lord is saying. So you're going to find out what God needs, tell everybody what God needs, and then what he wants you to do. I put together something that I'm calling a destiny prospectus offering. God is making offers. You know, Chief Prophet um, Tala has been saying for the longest, God is making offers. You know, he's offering us ways to fulfill purpose and to catch up. You've heard us talk about heart reset. Yes. Haven't we talked about it? Yes. You've heard us talk about heart reset. So I'm going to put this up on the screen because I need you to know God is serious. He is serious about everything he wants right now, but you all have an opportunity to um, to catch on board. Now, there we go, on the screen. Coming up. So he told me after the uh, November commissioning, we got so many responses. So many people said, but that's how I know it. Some of you said, I, that's what I felt in my spirit. Others, that's what I dreamed. That's what I saw. And over and over again, um, a few of our commissioning even got people to say, you know, I want you to tell me more about it because God is doing it. Now, we've heard from the middle of last year that God is doing a hard reset. Can I say hard reset? Hard reset starts with us. Hard reset starts in Jerusalem. So it starts at home base. And then it goes to Samaria and then the uttermost parts of the earth. So God is working on this hard reset. What we don't know about high powers, because most of the church ignores its powers, high and low, that they start with their leadership, with their headship. God always starts with the head, because it's the head that has got to direct the body. So having said that, we go back to, um, we go back to November, and we have all of these people interested. So I want to share some of what the Lord says. You can um, post questions, I'd like to tell you now, but make sure you share, 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 and tell all your folks. The first um, slide, if you can see it, talks about the state of the Lord's church, the reasons for the hard reset. 
And so I'm going to read this because it needs to be recorded. The state of Jesus Christ's church more than validates the need for a holy biblical restoration of scriptures, authoring mantles, treatment of God's inspired truth. Now, when we say scriptures authoring mantles, because this, this will be a phrase that's going to populate the, throughout the body, we mean the mantles that wrote the scriptures, that brought us the word of God, that penned the inspired word of God, uh, 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 God's logos, which is Jesus Christ. Now, these mantles are first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. Interestingly enough, we have been calling for miracles and calling for miracles, real super miracles, and not those custodial miracles and blessings that the Lord assigned the church. Because, you know, there are custodial miracles just like they are custodial healings and reserved cells in your body to bring you back to health and online. But they're not the ones that turn you into something phenomenal. They're not the ones that even ignite a phenomena. A phenomena in the human body has to be acted on by an outside force. Likewise, the miracles of God. So when we look at first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly teachers, the next thing that comes is miracles, miracle worker. Talked to you a little bit last week about our, our uh, class, our school of miracles. We're going to have the College of Miracles. And they're not going to be miracles based on the evangelical concept. They're not going to be based on charismatic concepts because all of those have come outside of Scripture's authoring mantles. Dr. Price, what do you mean about Scripture's authoring mantles? I mean the mantles that Jesus Christ canonized and accredited with writing his words the way he wants, with his mind and with his consciousness. That, you want to ask where it is biblically? Luke 24, 44. Jesus canonized his own Bible, which is what guided the early church and the church fathers in their decisions on what to accept and reject. Now, I think they did as good a job as they had back then, but I know that they left out some key truths. So, and so when we got to the point that we are, we are um, eliminating the apostle, eliminating the, the prophet, and putting the teacher as a, as a GP in their place, we then came away from the miracles because God didn't want, the, want his miracles to be incidental. He wanted his miracles to be professional and constant. So that is why 1 Corinthians twelve twenty nine says, are all prophets, people, are all apostles, people, do are all workers of miracles, people. So that means that there is an office, there is a position called the miracle worker or dunamite. Now, God has always had them, but he's had them in single, um, in single people, just one person. We did not have them as an office that people were trained and, and his power is running through and exercising his dominion and releasing his realm's potencies as a profession. That is what's coming. I know because I wrote the program for it. That's why I know it's coming. I wrote the program for it, laid out the criteria, laid out the metrics. I did it all. 
because in order to push back on witchcraft and wizardry, you need somebody that is is the superior equivalent to what they do. And the superior equivalents are coming. Now, you'll say, well, God, he worked miracles over there. He worked miracles over there. Just because God works miracles doesn't mean that the person working a miracle is a replicator. And until God institutionalizes something, he, can, he will not replicate it in mass. He will have appointees. But replication, in other words, coming out with him bestowing and, and endowing people with that power, I'm telling you, we're going to see literally in the planet today millions of dunamites for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to, I mean millions. They're going to be around the world. And I'm telling you, this is, then, this is how the early church did work. I know we don't think so because we are, we've been so pastoral. Because when you're pastoral, you're introverted because you're in the house. You're in the church. Everything is about being in the church, being on church grounds, being in church walls and halls. Apostles and prophets did not start out that way. And, and the reason we have the teacher, because the teacher in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Anybody hearing me? Has to teach everybody about what the apostles and prophets are doing. God starts everything with a prophet. Everything. E-V-E-R. Y-T-H-I-N-G. Everything with a prophet, which is why you're supposed to have a lot, lot more prophets than any other office. So all of you walking around talking about everybody's prior, uh-uh. We don't have enough prophetic institutions. We don't have enough prophets being groomed. We got a lot of runaways, run amongst, run, running, not sent, sent and not win. But we don't have this institution operating the way God did it. Partly, <coughs> excuse me, partly, you know, I got my coffee cup this morning. Did you see? Did you all bring your coffee? Come on, let's sit. I love a good cup of coffee in the morning. But you have to understand where the problem is. Again, I'm going to say this nonstop. The problem began when the prophetic was restored or revived in the bottom, uh, body of Christ on the premise, the exclusive premise of prophesying predictions. See, it's the predictive Stronghold is the predictive cast that's constraining the prophetic from growing into what it ought to be. And, and it did so because it wanted to make a stark difference between the Old and the New Testament. And so the Old Testament, you know, we hear people always ask me all the time, so Dr. Price, what is the difference between the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet? Well, those who were called to revive the prophetic had the same questions. And so they did not look at anything Old Testament as being what it was, but instead brought everything Old Testament into the church, into the ecclesia. Now, being, bringing something into the ecclesia and bringing it in and confining it to congregations, two different things. So they brought it into the ecclesia, and then they confined it to congregations, leaving the pastors to take over its restoration. That is why we're stuck to death, because pastors are going to tell people how to behave in their church and not how to administrate 
the eternal and pervasive kingdom of God that is constructed. See, the kingdom of God is constructed of the ecclesia. God, I got to hear something. Where's my bell? Listen, that'll got to stay close. There we go. I want to hop for the bell. If you all are um, remotely prophetic, what I'm about to, what I just said ought to make sense to you. The bricks of the kingdom of God are composed of the ecclesia. The ecclesia. They literally are composed of the body of Christ. The members of the body of Christ are the constitution and the constituents of the kingdom's bricks. So we, where we were once lost and mortal, we are now, instead of earth mortal, we are immortal, and we will make up the bricks of the kingdom. So everything in the kingdom... I don't care, chair, whatever, in God's kingdom is living because God doesn't use dead materials. So in order for him to do, because if God has to do business the way he does business with us, he has to kill everything before he uses it. And in a way, in a sense, he does. He kills the old, he, he kills the dying and the feeble. But you have to recognize the king, because so, people try to make, what is this correlation? What is this? How does one explain this? The first thing you have to know is the Bible said we are being built as a holy habitation of God by the Spirit. God is a living God. He doesn't ride on dead things. That is why in Ezekiel, he's riding on living creatures. His, his energy is his own life, which is what gives power, what gave power to the blood of Christ. His energy is his own life. God is his own fuel. He doesn't need fossil fuel. He's his own fuel. So when you look at the way God does things, God built, God is himself, built himself a habitation made of material that is him, his own like material. And that habitation has an assignment, and it means that assignment is to extend his royal realm, his realm of sovereignty. Did you like that? That was good. Thought you would like that. And so, to, that sovereignty that is that it comprises the totality of the Almighty, the totality of His handiwork, is what God passes on to His ministers. Now, He passes it on by way of of assignment, delegation, appointment, etc. So, under the Old Testament, He passed it on in in a very uh, in a very temporal format because he had to use temporal people, men that die, people that die. So God's supremacy, his, his eternality, has to literally um, downgrade itself so that it can be accepted and assimilated and used or operated by mortals. You don't know the power of the, the new birth. We have a, a, an amazing course here. I don't know if it's a, um, a self-paced or not, uh, talking about salvation, the powers that make the difference. The people who won't take the class because they think they know what salvation is, you don't because it's not showing up as God in you. So you don't know salvation. You know repentance, 
you know, perhaps morality and still not God's righteousness. See, we're so busy working on human morality, we cannot express God's righteousness. So anyway, in this salvation class, we talk about what makes us different. And it gets better every session. Some of you all, you'll say, well, I'll just send my, my uh, you know, send the unsaved to you. You need to put your church through it, your whole church. Because I'm telling you, by the time you finish reading this, you wonder if you are saved. And then if you are, you're not sure what saved you. So you still don't know if you're saved. God to operate the planet himself from his substances, he had to create and generate the new creature in Christ Jesus. When he did that, he then got vessels of clay that he could fill and transform with the powers of the age to come, the powers of his word that are encroaching and imposing itself in this natural and mortal world. To facilitate his project, his ventures, he, he came up with first the uh, threefold. I know we think the fivefold takes precedence over the threefold. It does not. And he did so with apostles, first the sent one, hallelujah, to announce the coming sent ones. So the communicators announce the legislators. That's what we see in Moses. Moses, the prophet, starts saying God is doing something, something's going to happen 400 years, and he prophesied it through Abraham, the prophet. And then he carried it out through Moses, the Shalyak, the apostle version. So Jesus comes and he he closes out, and we read in uh, in uh, I want to say Malachi, and um, I, I forget the other one where he said he's sending sending his his um, prophet before his face. So we get John the Baptist, who lays the groundwork or paves the way for the coming Jesus Christ, the great apostle, whom we don't know is a great apostle till Paul, but we can assume it because the first thing he installs was not prophets. So Jesus, in his writings, however Luke was trained, and he was trained by the apostle Paul, however Luke was trained, Jesus says, but this is me. And if you want to find me outside of John, John gives us probably the, the richest um, revelations and disclosures of Jesus Christ that you can imagine. But in Luke 24, 44, Dr. Price, what is, what, what is it based on? I'm based on 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and 29. Luke 24, 44, Acts 26, 18. Ephesians 2, 20. I have no reason to reach outside of Scripture for my identity, for my authentication, and for my on what God wrote in his book. Because, you know, everybody can read the Bible, and only a few people get the revelation. You know, they, we've got all kinds of people reading the Bible, can't tell you what Jesus said other than what they read. See, we, we, we're dealing with the author. They're locked in, confined to the print, mm -hmm. which is why they can pick at it. 
Because, see, we can go to the author and say, now, Jesus, what did you mean? Jesus, why are you do Lord, but they would just, come on, Jesus, why? And he answers us. He answers us because we're his children and because his answers are in us by the Holy Ghost. That's what salvation means. The author recreates himself in you and then stations his revelator in you so that no matter what people do with your Bible, you understand the scriptures. Oh, I got to hit something again. So going back to this, Jesus Christ himself said first apostles through Paul. Paul, the man who had visited him three times, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. Now, the people who, has, who are the offices that have wrenched the ecclesia and the kingdom, more the ecclesia than the kingdom, from uh, the hands, the grip of scriptures authoring mantles, that's what I call scriptures authoring mantles, first apostles, secondarily prophets, because Jesus did. Now, I, I know that our academicians, our theologians and whatnot of today, they broke the Bible down into the law and the this and that. Well, what happened before the law? You cannot, come on. See, everything that God ever did, will do, wants us to understand, is before the law. And the law literally engraved for future enactment what God's will is. Because the law is not God's headache, it's his will. God does not find the law distasteful because he's law. He created himself and he developed himself to be the actual personification, organic personification of the reason he exists and the reason he became creator. You can't create something and not write law. See, see the church missed that. You call Jesus the creator and then call him lawless. That makes no sense. The man, if he's creator, I know because I've created a lot of things. I invent things, and there has to be laws that guarantee what you set out to produce actually shows up as you envisioned it. So the law that we hate is God's literal psycho, neural psycho, emotional self, commissioned and installed in physical or adapted for physical form. God created Adam from the dust of the ground according to his law of creation. How? You make creatures. Oh, I'm going to make myself another creature. And because you're so caught up in your pastor's doctrine, the pastor who, was, who does not fit the category of an author, scripture's authoring mantles, and you're caught up with those who got the hand-me-down version, the panned-it-down version. We get it firsthand. And a lot of people are, you know, a lot of folks today are apostles and, well, you know, you can't say it because folks' feelings get hurt. I don't care. I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. My job is to make sure that if you don't know any other God, you know him. And if, you, and if you're going to love any God, he's the God you're going to love. If you're going to serve any God and you're going to obey any God, Jesus Christ is it. Why? Because he is the Logos of God. He is creator. Now, you can talk to me about Zeus, Moose, Goose all day long. I'm going to drink some tea. <laughs> I'm telling you that I can prove that they're not creator. 
I can prove it to you actually and factually. And that's why I ended up with Jesus Christ, because I've tried, I've tried all that mess. And I found out why Jesus is God, why he's Lord, why we have the Christian Bible, why it's superlative to everything else. And if you're going to be an apostle, you need to say that. You need to be able to make that statement and prove your point. To the, and you'll know you proved it because the people who God has called will say, thank you, my eyes are understanding, are awakened, I'm enlightened. Finally, I was thinking that, I was feeling that. And those he has rejected will say, I don't care what you say. When they say, I don't care what you say, they have proven themselves not to be of the true and living God. Because God's people love him, and all they want is his truth. So that is why he can do some of the most ridiculous things in, in our human mind, human understanding, and we say, hey, he's God. God's will be done. And I don't mean, they don't all have to be in our churches or in our our, um, our, our circles, but they are in Christ. And that's what I want to say. So because Jesus said, that's why I went through this whole thing about scriptures altering mantles, because Jesus said that he is to be found and understood by the apostles and the prophets, and they proved themselves by being devoted, almost bound to the scriptures. See, Paul preached the scriptures. And then when he didn't preach the scriptures, which wasn't a Bible then, we only had the writings. He preached all of that, and he preached what every prophet had to say and contribute to humanity from Adam. She is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she's taken out a man. From Adam all the way down to John the revelation, revelators, all of that, God, those, they preach that. Enoch is in God's Bible. Now, we don't know where Enoch's book is. I found a version of it, a kind of a pseudo version of it, and I read it. But Enoch, because these are all key prophetic figures. Noah, we go all the way down from Noah to Terah, which is Abraham's dad, all the way down to Abraham himself. Then from Abraham, we go to Isaac. And Jacob, I love that. From Jacob, we go from Jacob, who is now Israel, and we go all the way down to the writings of Joseph. See, all of that, Jesus said, I spoke. I spoke it as, as before the law as the Lord God. I spoke it to Abraham as the Almighty. I spoke it to Noah. Well, we did that. To um, Moses, well, I'll go ahead on and say the... Um, the sons, Isaac and Jacob. I spoke it to Isaac and Jacob as the mighty God, or one translation, the burly God. I am the Almighty. And then I spoke it to Moses as Yahweh. And then I turned around and I incarnated and spoke it to the world as Yeshua. And then I passed it on to the apostles as Jesus the Christ, the Messiah. Because you see, even though it was Yeshua HaMashiach under the, the Jews, to the Greeks, he is Jesus Christ. And I spoke it to them. I spoke it to Paul as my legislator and my doctrinator. And lastly, I conveyed it to John the Revelator. Same Jesus. Starts in the beginning all the way through. 
And see, saints don't know that because you all are buying Satan's thing. Well, you know, there are things in the Bible that, that uh, there are things that happen that are not in the Bible. Satan only tells you that to set you up to get out the Bible and sucker you into believing his counterfeit. That's a sucker statement. To make, because he wants to literally, he wants to make you because you find it's to print too small. He coming, I mean, he's been preaching you out of the Bible since you said, "I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of Living God." And when they tell me, because they said that stuff to me, and you know, I said, "Really? Like what?" I mean, the Bible doesn't speak about cigarettes. No, it doesn't. But it does speak about intoxicants. It does speak about destroying the temple. And we have scientific fact that cigarettes destroy the temple. Marijuana makes you high and wrecks your brain. And they keep telling you they took that part out. Don't believe it. In 20 years, y'all going to find out, just like they found out about R.J. Reynolds, y'all been conned. I'm just saying. The truth, the whole truth, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> You're sitting here arguing what's about what's in the Bible according to the people who did not receive its inspiration or revelation. The pastors did not receive that. They received it from the apostles. They received it from the prophets. Can I just say that? So you're arguing with that, and God said, but my authenticators, my validators, my verifiers, my corroborators are the scriptures authoring mantles. And trust me, you can act, they can act like it just because somebody has the title doesn't mean that they have the mantle of Scripture's author. Because if they did, you all wouldn't be out of the Bible. You'd be experts in it. See, you're out of the Bible because you've got the, 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 the three that didn't receive it, the journey come lately, who are not in the institutional constitutional office. See, there is the administrative office of God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but then there is the constitutional office. God has set these. And I spent yesterday doing an extensive study on set and what it means. And it doesn't mean what I say. First apostles, I never forget when an apostle from overseas decided to tell me that first apostles didn't mean first. See, I, when I was coming up, I was stunned that people were okay with being erroneous and heretical. See, I thought that we, we always think they're victims. No, some of them are perpetrators, perpetrators, some of them are culprits. And so she proceeded to tell me about that, and I'm noob, so I'm just like, my spirit is going off. And bang, 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 bang. I look like one of those cartoon characters, rings coming out of my head and whatnot, because I'm saying something is wrong here, but I didn't have the intelligence to refute it, because I, and even though I had the intelligence to sense it, I couldn't refute it articulately. So I just went on. I said, Okay, some of you all are like that. All right, well, you all are here, and they did put millions of people under you, and they did give you this, and God did. So there may be something in the Holy Ghost inside me saying, that's wrong, that's a lie, that's wrong, that's a lie. Never does that. Because he'll say that. When you are real, uh, when you are really a, a, a descendant of Scripture's ultimate mantle, he, let me tell you, God does not shut up. No, that's a lie. When you get home, I'm going to tell you about it. Okay, fine. And then he said, don't buy this, don't let this in your spirit. So I go home, and he said, now I want you to do a study. 
on the word used first. I, let me tell you what I found out, guys. Can I tell you what I found out? Yeah, you <laughs> I found out that that word first didn't just mean sequence. It meant number one. It meant foremost. It went beginning. It went. It meant generator. It meant begetter. And that thing, when I trace that definition all the way down, it meant Adam. A T O M. I was like, huh? So apostles are atomic. And I was, when I, you know, she went on back home, so I couldn't get her. Man, I was so hurt. I was like, God, I got the answer. She's gone. But it was okay for me. So I can literally say I can defend this because I realized I am a descendant. Israel, uh, literally, Israel were the descendants of the prophet, right? The ecclesia is a descendant of the apostle. Now, you can, again, because I, I got people to say, you know, I had a, a, someone say to me recently, I, um, I'm, a, I'm an apostle or I'm whatever, sending to apostle from the prophet. I, no, you're not. Got mad at me, you know, because, you know, this millennial will always get mad and tell you off. I want you to know. But let me tell you something. I'm an old warrior, but I'm an educated one. I can tell you 15 reasons why you're not an apostle, and you can't give me three to tell me you are. I can tell you, 15, my class, what did we, we were in our meeting last week. Remember Friday meeting and we were going through the assessments? What was everybody stunned about? Remember the document, the compass? Oh, yeah. Oh, how expensive it is. Verbatim, point for point. Character, and I want you to understand, character from consciousness to character, I can tell you what an apostle is and all of the rest of the fivefold. And you know why it took the 30 years of beating and lashing to learn it? So I said, I don't care what you said. Well, apostle so-and-so, is the, apostle so-and-so has not changed the world for Jesus Christ. You're still doing, you're, he, a lot of them are doing apostolic work under the label of apostleship. Because let me tell you something, the first 12, God changed the world with 12, 12 apostles that he personally trained and changed, because your training should change you. And so I didn't argue, because I'm not going to argue with young folk, because I'm thinking, I remember being young, trying to figure it out, saying everything wrong, feeling this right, chasing down the error, and then celebrating it as discovery. I remember those days. Because <laughs> I remember those days. Because you, you, you're learning from you. You're your, you're your affirmer. You're your trainer. You're your teacher. Your passions are, are, are your affirmation. You're affirmed by the zeal that you have. But you know nothing. You know, God said that they have a zeal. If there is a zeal, that's not according to knowledge. Paul wrote that. And so most of us, most of us are dealing with people who are zealous and are knowledgeable. But you, and you don't even try to get them knowledgeable instead. And they're going to fight you because young folks fight for affirmation because they got none. They're building it. The reason you fight less when you get older because you have more affirmation, more verification, more corroboration, 
And I would like to say just more uncomprehension. Because when you comprehend something, you use that information differently. Mm-hmm. See, when you hear stuff, you use it one way. When you comprehend it, you use it another way. So when we talk about scriptures offering mantles, we're not just talking about scribes who recorded. That's how, that's how they've been downgraded by those who didn't receive the inspiration. That they, these people were just, you know, scribal recorders. No, no, no. These people were literal um, assimilants, extensions of the people they wrote for. Because when you wrote for, for royalty, you were considered to be an appendage. Remember that class, don't you? So they don't write. They didn't just write as hearers. They didn't just write as witnesses. No, they were classified as witnesses because they heard as an extension. Your arm hears what's going on in your body differently, hallelujah, than your friend next to you. See, that's why we have all of the instruments to tell us what the sensors in our body already does. So God scribes are operating as sensors, S-E-N-S-O-R-S, because they are appendages. So we don't just, you know, we, we can say, well, that's why I say I sense, us, I, mm-mm. not just sense, sensor. And in all of that are all of the consciousness, the character, the, the, the corroborations, the motivations, impulses, compulses, everything that makes God who he is is what God passes on to apostles and prophets. That's why those that don't know the scriptures and don't want it or not can't speak from God because they never took time to become God's substitute, God in the planet. I watched a movie, uh, I was watching a show recently, because I like period pieces, because they give you a history that, you know, people started telling us it's not so. And so the king was saying, I'm going to go, and I want to send out messengers throughout my realm. And the messengers that I send out, I want to tell them, this is my plan, this is my campaign, and this is what I want to do. Well, you know, a class of, of all kings, he had a high priest. And so the high priest said, well, uh, but that's a good idea. We're going to do it. And so the high priest was going to go tell the rest of the staff uh, how to do it. And, and so, but before he did, he said, but king, before you do, no, the king said, before you go and pick who you think I want, he said, I, want, I don't want them to take a letter. He said, because people can do things with writing that they can't do with presence. And he said, I want hand-picked representatives, and the representatives I want will speak my words from my mind, from my thoughts, from what I intend the people to not only hear, but to do with what I said. Now, I don't know if I've heard in a little bit the, um, such a, a comprehensive Definition of, of the difference between a representative being sent and an errander being sent. And so the errander is going to take the paper, they're going to take the words, and they're going to unscroll it. He said, but the representatives won't. First of all, they don't need paper because they know me. That is why, y'all, you know, they can't take the Bible out of us. They may take it off the shelf, which they will not do for a, a good long time. But they can't take it out of us. 
And so those those that God marked and appointed to be his authoring mantles can claim authorship of God's word because they authored what was inspired from God's realm to their being. And they could pick and choose. Now, I write. I've written, I don't even know, thousands and thousands and thousands of papers uh, on different subjects, et cetera, related to God as his representative. And I can tell you by uh, firsthand from experience that if you use the wrong word, the Holy Ghost will stop talking. And he'll stop talking for 10 years. We call it writer's block. <laughs> he just stops. That's why some people's works are good in the beginning, and you can tell they got off because they didn't use or say what God wanted, and it's the word start, that, that superiority starts fading and, and falling into the mundane. I can't finish my book. No, not for God. You can't. No. You can't finish it because he's going to stop talking because he's going to teach that because you've, you've stopped writing truth and started writing lies. And I can't amen a lie. So you finish it because we have human, you know, dogged human will and determination. And then you say, but, but Lord, you told me the book was going to take the world. Mine would. I didn't say yours would. Mm. My books take the world. Yours? Not so much. So I know firsthand, you, if you decide to tell the wrong story, you name something the way he doesn't want to name it, you interpret it, you relate it to and apply it to use your doctrine, you, take, you put down your pen and you pick up your doctrinal brush, God's like, no, I'm not, that's, I don't have to validate that. So I learned early with God that if I'm not going to write what he says, I'm not going to write. I'm going to go watch TV, go to movies, whatever, because I know him well enough to know that when he handpicks you to be his, not just a scribe. Remember, scriptures offering mantles are not scribes. They're co-authors. I got to hit a bell. I know y'all wanted me to hit a bell. Didn't y'all want me to hit a bell? There you go. How about you me slapping something? I'll slap the bell, yeah. How about a little bit of gavel? Got a little bit of gavel. Boom. Everybody should be happy. So scribes are one thing. And so we we call them scribes, but yet we say authors. So some of them had scribes. Mark had a scribe. And he, uh, excuse me, Mark was a scribe. Remember Mark traveled with Paul and and if that's the same mark, you know, there's arguments on that. I don't know. But I do know one thing. He couldn't write intimate things unless somebody dictated it to him. So the author who received it from God dictated it to the scribe. So why are people confused about the Bible? Because your, your Bible has been relegated to a congregational manual and not the global and royal word of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's will from the throne, God's works from eternity. Isn't that good? Are you all, are you all following me? You're with me? I want you to stay with me because, see, I'm going to get ready to share some things. So the next one, the Lord's present ministerial 
staff's apparent inability to reverse Christianity's downward spiral magnifies the problem. In far too many cases, their inability to do so is because they are co-responsible for his ecclesia's deterioration. You got to own it, guys. We did it. We could have done better, should have done better. Didn't, we thought it was going to turn out better. didn't happen. Let's own it. And let's get back on what God says. And you cannot, I don't care how many translations of scriptures they are, I don't care how many church translations, devotion translations, black translations, white translations, you know, uh, um, devotionals, and then professionals and all of that stuff, all of that's fine. But the Bible itself can only be rightly divided by those who are descendants of the original co-authors of Jesus Christ. Because it's the author who can tap into the original, who can tap into the archetypical, who can tap into the intentional, who can tap into motivational. These people, when you are not that, you, are, you interpret the Bible according to your present mind, your present needs, your personal self, and there is nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to keeping the kingdom and securing the ecclesia, we need scriptures authoring mantles. And those authoring mantles are descendants, direct descendants from the mantles that God installed in the earth to perpetuate his continuum to the end of time. And so that mantle means we have a consciousness, we have a perspective, we have a drive. We have a passion. We have a conviction. We have motivation. And here's the most important of them all, I think. We have an allegiance, a fidelity to the author of his word, to the scripture's author that privileged us to become co-authors. So when we read it, we're not reading it the way culture reads it. We're reading it the way the creator meant it, wrote it. We're not cultural. Apostles and prophets are typically not cultural. And those that turn cultural, you don't read about them again in the word of God. Mm. Apostles and prophets must be resistant to culture. Acts 26, 18 says it. To open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. Something happens, an inheritance among those who sanctify by faith that is in me. Apostles and prophets cannot. I don't, and not Jesus. Now, you got, Satan's got a bunch of them. You know, you look at, you read about the church of Thyatira, they had a whole prophetic guild that was teaching the depths of Satan. Whole prophetic guild. See, you need me to say these things because you knew here it was wrong. You were queasy. You were getting sick. Your, your, I mean, your head was spinning, you know, and carrying on. You get the pain when devil's trying to hammer the ideas in your head. You know, you get all of that. And so you needed me to tell you that there are the prophets of Jesus Christ. They're the prophets of Balaam who promote what the Nicolaitans promoted, which was sexuality and fertility rights equal godliness and holiness. Sharing your sperm, fertility. Receiving seed from doomed priest, fertility. 
So when you read that, because a lot of you haven't read about the church of Thyatira with the Jezebel. Y'all keep calling up Jezebel because we strong. Uh-uh. God called her Jezebel because she was wrong. <laughs> and just because we're strong, we're not wrong. The real Jezebel, both Jezebels and scriptures reigned. And you know what? A male-dominated church can't see this. Jezebel that Ahab married, and she she sold her prototype in the earth. And we see her come back in with John in Revelation as Jezebel of the church at that time. And both of those women were potent, powerful women. Their words carry. It wasn't about them just making people scared. It was about them occupying a principalic sphere and being appointed by devils to push back on the Holy Ghost and to destroy God's children. So when you read that, go in the key in your device, the depths of Satan. Then you're going to see what Jesus says about the prophets that don't prophesy his testimony or tell you any predictive word is approved of God. Every prophet, any prophecy is approved of God. But that's not what God wrote. So here we are when we say, so that is what I meant when I said that Ecclesia's um, deterioration. Most conspicuous is how those claiming to be apostles or prophets further intensify God's difficulty with their scarce knowledge of the Bible, where the office and its officers are exemplified. In addition, is their indulgence and in some cases approval of blatant antichrist behavior and practices. Lastly, on this point is their snubbery of God's truth in favor of esoteric carnality and, in some instances, outright demonism. All of this proves the principal duties of apostleship are wanting in this era to the defamation of the Christianity Jesus brought to earth ratified with his own blood. The outcome is the atrocities and abhorrent blasphemies his faithful saints wrestle with every day. One does not have to look far and wide to witness and condemn the demoralization of the Messiah's archetypical ecclesia. The failure of the present and previous guards is evident everywhere. All spheres of humanity are infected and deformed by the devil's take back crusade. So, Dr. Brown, because you know, I know y'all. I know y'all. I'm going to get a 15. What book is that? This book? is the perspective that you will be able to get if you are interested in the program that we're starting in a few weeks. God told me there will only be a few of you, so I'm not looking for the ma- a whole bunch. But he said a, a handful of you, he wants to get you ready to be commissioned by him for him in November. If you think you're that person, then you need to continue to listen. The Godhead needs a different brand of apostle than the type that brought us to this place in time and history. It needs one that is less congregational and more dominional. Apostles reminiscent of the first apostles Jesus commissioned that are more like Jesus himself, the great apostle, and less like the agents making the world hostile to him. For the sake of our program, the word dominional, coined by Dr. Price, means In this regard, focusing on matters pertaining to God and Christ, prioritizing what matters to them above their people. 
It refers to resolutely acting in their best interest when representing them on earth. The meaning extends to exercising and emitting God's omnipotent power from on high in concert with his Holy Spirit. Dominional calls for superiority, supremacy, omniness, and allness in action and effect, and control that restrains evil and converts God's people from it to his holy righteousness. There is more, but you get the nucleus of what this perspective and its offer to you are all about for now. If you're interested, or if your interest is piqued, keep reading. God's hard reset is not going to be something that he's going to trust you and I to do individually and independent of him. Every move he's had has been that way. We, we get up on pulpits and we get in stadiums and we get in chambers and we do all of that. We share it with a handful of folks or we share it with the masses and then we leave it up to them to implement as they see fit. And to do so without account- accountability to Christ. So they just take the, the techniques and they run with them and then they come back and they look back and they say, well, we shifted. God shifted. This is not a shift. I didn't say hard reshift. <laughs> Did not say hard reshift. I said hard reset. And in some cases, the the the, the church, the ecclesia, is going back to eternity's factory model. That's what our reset means, go back to the factory model. We are resetting. That means we're dumping bad stuff. We're dumping bad codes. We're getting rid of bad programs. We're barring bad programmers, letting God take us all the way back to prototypical, archetypical Christianity that, was, that is architected by Jesus Christ. Because I told you before, Christianity is not a religion. It's a redemption. And Christianity is not an institution first. It is an organic body. We, inter- we literally institutionalize the organic body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we institutionalize it for administrative, legislative, and judicial purposes. Isn't he a honey? Isn't he a honey? He's a honey. In conclusion, the Lord is releasing great power from his realm. Very soon, the earth will be saturated with it and its darkness evacuated from their seats. The perversive work they wrought against him is soon to be destroyed and suppressed for an an extensive period of time. God's power outpourings will come with indomitable strength for his servants, officials, and ministrants. As creator, he will, from his realm for quite a season, open and overshadow this world in ways it has, not, no, it has not known for ages. He will, with signs, wonders, exerters, and potencies, bring matchless and unconquerable exploits to, exploits to bear on Satan that unseats his agencies. The word, the word has already begun to manifest and will intensify as long as the Almighty's powers remain on earth. What is slagging his progress now is shortage of apostles and prophets fit. 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 F-I-T. Fit. You know how y'all like the fit bit? Yeah, fit. Fit. 
to stand with his supernal agents as members of the task force he charged with pushing back the darkness and releasing his people from demonism and satanic stronghold. As unfathomable as it may be to believe, God is readying a body of divine potentates to wield his power and defend his interests and entities in the earth. These people will stun the world, win back his body, and stabilize the planet for many ages to come. Are you destined to be one of them? If you think so, contact <coughs> Apostle Ashley at 877-419-1299 or at, or at Ashley at ppmglobalresources.com. When you do, schedule a one-on-one -on -one meeting to decide and determine if you're called to be a part of the Reset Apostles, because this is a Reset Apostle and Prophet Task Force for the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready to come up? My other ought to be strolling on around here soon. I heard a voice. I heard a voice. I didn't say hard reshift. You're right. I didn't. many laps. I didn't say hard reshift. I said hard reset. <laughs> there you are. We are matching today. Good today. Oh my. Isn't God good? Piece of sugar. I wanted to I wanted to share that because um the, it will be posted this weekend. And again, it is I mean it's it, what we're talking about is fast paced, highly accelerated, highly advanced, stringent, and it's only for the best of the best. I told you before, I don't apologize for knowing I'm called to develop the best of the best. So if we're going to, if that's my call, then, hey, I'm going to do it. You know, sometimes we just got to say, Lord, this is okay. This is what he said. And I have to give you what he said. I want to read this last piece to you so you can understand those who are for it. Good. You mm -hmm. like? <laughs> well, you know, I tell you, I like doing God's will, and I also know that it is time for us to stop telling people if their will be done. Oh, indeed. You know, this is not about human will. This is not about the mortals taking over. I know. That, see, that's what paganism teaches you. Paganism teaches you that the mortals are taking over the gods. And uh -huh. the gods are getting ready to get beat up and banged up and replaced and displaced by mortals. That's a lie from the pit of hell. First of all, half of the mortals you can't even, and, and mortals you can't see. You can't even see them. So where you going to go? You know, those that, those that show up, you don't know if they're fake or not. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? okay. you don't know? You're like, that could be a real deity or that could be a, a, a fake. Yeah. You don't know. But you, by faith, got to take it like we do. So I want to read this. So you can understand those who are interested in making this happen. If you are interested, here are some places. There are four phases of development in becoming an apostle and prophet. I know we give you the weekend class, the crash class, and with the cliff notes. See, you all are running on a crash class with the cliff notes, and that's not helping because cliff notes means you can just get through an exam, mm -hmm. but you can't execute 
the entire field. After the exceptional success of the November commissioning, we were approached by many viewers interested in their own commission. That is why this prospectus was written. In response to that interest, we propose you enroll in the program should that be the will of God for you. Semi-self-paced, the original Apostles Readiness course that spans (laughs) 18 to 36 months is reduced for resident inductees. The reason people enroll in our apostleship readiness sessions include, number one, elevating and vitalizing their present apostleship capabilities and performance to the highest possible level of service for them. Number two, mastering the entire spectrum of Jesus Christ's apostleship sphere to maximize endowments and endowments to his people's advantage. Number three, specializing in what Scripture calls an apostle's domain of service by concentrating on conquering its hindrances to benefit from opportunities to prosper God's kingdom and his people. And number four, the highest, the maximum, expertizing apostleship's core and most peculiar elements to expand their reach, enlarge their sphere, and position themselves to participate in or contribute to biblically sound doctrine, governance, and globalism. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just a few things. <laughs> Couple. Few things. So, I, now just you, this will be available as of this evening. And if you're interested, then you we can we do. Uh, you're talking about this perspective. Yes. Okay. They have to go to then click the link to get to it. Prophet Adia will set something up okay. on your home page where say, people can say they're interested in. And just Contact. put perspectives at destiny perspectives at admin or whatever you do, something okay. like that. And you can click it and download it. You might say, well, that's right. I don't know if I would give this away. I'm not. Trust me. I'm not. That's why I said only the best of the best. I, you know, a great leader, and I think we talked about this a little bit last week, a great leader, especially if you yourself have hit wherever the height is, you are not going to bring in people that discredit your training ability. Indeed. You're not going to bring in people who will fail and collapse and then go out and disparage what you did and said. You're going to bring in like-minded learners who can keep pace, keep up, but see the vision and, and commit themselves to whatever it takes to make it happen. So I don't really teach my, my lower classes anymore. I don't have to. I got enough teachers. God knows. Thank you, teachers. I thought that they would never come. God, I just, okay. Long show with us. Okay. All right. Praise <laughs> <laughs> <Brain> break. <laughs> it was long a long time. time. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to. I not only have enough instructors, I have enough textbooks and material for them to do the job and to carry on, as I said, I'm called to a particular brand of apostle, prophet, five-folder, and Christian. I'm called to apostolic Christians. I am called, my brand is, uh, listen, when we do hard set, my brand is Soku and Vivas and apostolic Christianity. That's my brand. I'm clear on that. I don't, I don't apologize for it. I used to, because, you know, I, remember I used to, like, for days, uh, uh, I realized I'm a change agent. I'm supposed to be different. Right. And if I'm like everybody else, then I'm not changing you. I'm just containing you. Mm. There it is. Identity, the key to destiny. 
Identity is your strength. That's your power. I, and it's also your regulator because you stay in that identity. I am called for the best of the best. I'm called to giants. Every time I say it, I get five more giants. Literally. Literally. Six for six and above. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I want the best. And you know why I want the best? Because the issues that God is dealing, he only re- revives apostles and multiplies apostles when, when their uh, dark counterparts are taken over. Apostles are the ones who turn the world upside down. They're the ones that turn this thing into a, um, a, a monotheism. They're the ones that brought God's righteousness. They're the ones that established Jesus Christ. Apostles of Jesus Christ did that. Now, they had false apostles, but considering the fact that Jesus beat Satan in heaven, on earth, and in hell, I'm thinking that's not our problem. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want it? Okay, we fought in heaven. We fought on earth. We fought in hell. It's over. Accept your win. Stay down. Mm-hmm. But see, you have to be an apostle who can answer the rationale of that. It's not a hype. Some of you are going to go out there and say that as a hype, and you're going to get your butt handed to you. Share, share, share. Share, share, share. Oh. And then share. Oh, not for that. What did they share do? Share some more. And share some more. And what else? What do I want to do? Tag people when you share. Yeah. Tag. <laughs> and hashtag. Tag, hashtag. You know, butt handed to you. Hashtag. <laughs> wow. I'll get him to open it. Oh, uh, hey. This is three mantle people. Strategic warfare. We'll get him to yeah, take a look. Well, what is she saying today? Okay. Oh, my goodness. This is great. Okay, I'll back. Oh, they look at oh, them. Hashtag, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they move. Look at them. Oh, yes. Oh, no, no. Let's see here. We have our troublemakers here in the studio here. Oh, we got studio uh, troublemakers. Yes. Uh-huh. And maybe that's what we can call it. Studio, studio, studio troublemakers. Studio <laughs> troublemakers. Uh, Stephen Holt Jr. said, you got me all fired up, Apostle. Hashtag, I'm ready to go. Cherie ah! <laughs> said, I'm a change agent. I'm supposed to be different. Glory. She has the running emojis. She's running. Oh, yeah, she is. <laughs> Bridget, come on now. We have the Patricia. Let's see here. Uh, that's great, Dr. Paula Price. The homepage is located at www.drpaulaaprice.com. I know it will be posted. It's been posted several times. That's where this information will be. Um, maybe can you put it on PriceU as well, Price University? Put it on everything. Well? Put it on okay. everything that's us. Okay. And so it will be there. We have some new folk on today. We do. Hi, new folk. Yes. Hey. Oh, now they all know it. <laughs> okay. I love it. <laughs> anyway, going back to previous quotes and statements. <laughs> when you said, well, you said several things. Um. Yes. I like how you talked about the representative being sent versus the errander. Mm-hmm being sent mm-hmm. and how you really can tell right mm-hmm. and how you really can tell the loyalty of someone to you mm-hmm. by whether they change your message yes. or even your intent mm-hmm. because sometimes they'll say what you said mm-hmm. but not the way oh no intonation reflection. you said it mm-hmm. and uh that's you and we see that with like parents and kids when you might say, go tell your brother, I said, come here. Mom said, you better get downstairs right now. I know, right? <laughs> that is 
like that that intent, that mm-hmm. tone, those words weren't even <laughs> remotely. Com- like that is not what I said. But the kid is all scared and worked up, like, and you're there to give them, you know, uh, something a reward for yeah, something. Congratulate them. But the messenger misrepresented you by how they delivered the yes. message. Yes. And how many lessons we learn with that, which is why it's so important to know the Word of God mm-hmm. in order to be that representative. From the mind of God. From the mind of God. Yes. So we need to know the Word of God from the mind of God and the exactly. soul of Jesus Christ. And that takes dedication. It takes commitment. It takes uh, acknowledging. Maybe mm, what I heard wasn't altogether accurate. Mm-hmm. And like you said about the salvation classes, when we first heard you start teaching, first of all, just about the Lord, <laughs> then about salvation, it was a unanimous agreement. I don't think we're safe. <laughs> I think that what we've been doing has been nowhere near the intent mm-hmm. or expected outcome of salvation. And it explained a lot. Yeah. Because the way we see Christianity represented, a lot of times you begin to think, okay, so salvation isn't enough. Mm-mm. Because so many people fall off. Uh, you, all you hear is how you can't measure up, you can't do this, you can't do that. And then when you actually learn it the way the Lord intended, mm-hmm. you realize, oh, we're actually not even doing salvation. No. Well, that's kind of comforting once you recover. <laughs> once you recover from that reality. She said we're actually not doing salvation. <laughs> we're not. Once you recover from that, you are like, okay, so this is good because what we've been taught has not been the whole story. Mm-hmm. It's not been all of the information. It's not been given the right expectations. And so when we walk out salvation, the way it was intended, we have a completely different outcome. And you know what? We have power. Yes. Because, you know, we always say, well, we have the power. Well, obviously not in you. Yeah. Clearly, because you don't have it. Yeah. So then we begin, we begin to talk people out of the power because yeah. it didn't happen to us. So, listen, don't look for power now, mm-hmm. you know, because this 21st century, not, I'm not doling out power like that. Well, no, just the devil. Just the devil. It's his era. Yeah. It's his turn. It's his time. Okay, his converse get all kinds of powers, and us, we get what? Cowardice. Yep. So they don't put power in the conversation, Mm-mm. you know. You're not going to hear a lot of Christians talk about power, you know, where it's talking about love, relationships, mm-hmm. um, money. Absolutely. Family, talking, mm-hmm. Not feeling condemned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Acceptance, All that psychic stuff. Acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. not power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all psychic. Mm-hmm. No, because power in the church, usually you're, you have an ego. We need to pray that you stay humble. Yeah, because you're prideful. Yeah, that mm-hmm. pride, boy. I'm telling you. Now, you, you accusing me of pride is not prideful. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. You know, <laughs> my God, you're accusing me of pride. Of to the, keep mm-hmm. you. In the way. And who are you? Because I don't see the, the nail prints. Where you, hold out your hand. Not there. I don't see any nail prints. I don't see footprint. No. So, but you know, everybody, because the, the fearful will always accuse the strong of, power, of pride. Yeah. Because they're fearful. And they don't want their fear to be shown up as fear because they're peddling it as wisdom. Mm. Or they're peddling, peddling it as humility. So you, they're always going to tell you. They, I mean, I, I, people tell me, you know, and I love it because women do it more than anybody because, you know, they women really will do. always get mad at you. They really do. You know, weak women will always criticize a strong woman. Yes. A strong woman will always nurture and develop a weaker woman. Mm-hmm. So when we see the criticism, I say, oh, poor little boo-boo. Oh, nobody let you do nothing. You don't have enough wins to recognize success. That's your little holy, holy humble heart. 
You know why I do that? Because people <laughs> need to be snapped out of their religiosity. Yes. Now, that's religious. That's religious. Because I'm sitting here thinking, what? I would want to get, you know, some pointers. Okay, how do you do that? I mean, that's why people are coming to the university. Wait a minute, this woman pulled through all of this. You, we, she went through all of these trials. all this, And then to call me private, I said, do you not listen to my testimony? My Jesus. You're coming, you're, you're coming out of being pulverized. Baby, I, I, the fact that I had some soul scraps to put together and come back. <laughs> some soul scraps. All I got is scraps. That's it. And I'm putting them back together, trying to glue them up and sew them up. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. And you don't come and run up on me like that. That's because you yourself, you, you yourself. Abandon your purpose, surrendered to somebody else's, and then neglected to think you were worth a, in a, a destiny of your own. Mm. And so now you can get mad at me because I took my soul scraps and came back. Mm-hmm. Soul scraps. I got, I did. They, they were scrapped. Now you have to admit. We were scrapping. We were scrapped. You know? That's great. I mean, and it, we were left in the scrap heap. Y'all ain't never coming back. You know? And one scrap woke up and said, you's a lie. I only had one scrap. <laughs> And we became the Valley of Dry Bones. There we go. Coming back together. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So anyhow, what else did you want to add? I like how you said the law is not God's headache. It's his will. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. Because they act like the law is God's impediment. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and instead it's his implements. Well, it's ahead, just so, I have to take the irritated pause. It's so annoying mm-hmm. to think that you can take a Bible that thick, mm. with that much thought, planning, intention, and clarity, and diminish it down to, don't be legalistic. Mm. And you just totally dismiss and move. If somebody ran up in your house mm. and told you, telling your children to make their beds every day, put their shoes back in the closet, and do the dishes was legalistic and you need to lighten up, Mhm. You know, some people got friends that do that. Some people do have friends that do that, and then mm-hmm. some people don't stay friends for long when they do that no. because they're like, "What are you talking about?" There would be chaos and disorder mm-hmm. and mess and filth all over the place if you leave things to for people to do when they feel like, like doing the, it the way they want to do it. If they want to do it, ever. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people who just throw things in the trash instead of cleaning. Mhm. Well, I'll just go buy more mm-hmm. oh, all the time. Like you just grab their. <laughs> Throw that! What an incredible waste mm-hmm. of everything, including your time. It's going to take you longer to go to the store or to order something and buy it, and the expense alone than to maintain it. And yeah. use it once. Yeah. Oh no, no. I just, I just don't. Uh, like I just buy. hate to clean. I just hate to do laundry. I just hate to wash dishes. I just, uh, uh, uh. No. Well, get in line with all that. I mean, you know, <laughs> people don't maintain standards just because they like to do them. No. Right. That, no, standards are hard work. Yes. And, and standards keep you vulnerable. Always keep you vulnerable because there's always somebody who's going to see if you're really keeping it, mm-hmm. and they're watching for you to stop. Yeah. So yeah. standards, being a standard bearer is a very tough job and because all eyes are not just applauding you being it, but waiting for you waiting. to stop so that they don't have to waste the time to follow your standards. Yeah, right. Which is why, I mean, as a leader, I I have found the challenge, speak for myself, I can't speak for anybody else here, of being an enforcer. Mm. You sit there for a moment and pause. If I set this in motion, what is going to happen? 
what is going to happen? And knowing you yourself have to toe the line, which you are not always successful in doing, and, mm-hmm. and then waiting for that person who's going to push back, the rebuttal, the contradictor, the whatever, then the person who's cheering you on, the ones who are like, thank you, and all of those other things, mm-hmm. just because you, in our position, we're responsible mm-hmm. for that. It comes with the job. Yeah. And the hardest, I, I would say, sometimes the hardest person to keep in line is yourself. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and the issue is that you have such a tough, um, a tough standard because a lot of standards came out of flutes, came out of necessity, came That's out of true. correction, came out yeah. of resolution, damage control. I wasn't trying to be a standard. I was just trying to keep the thing going. You know, but when you decide that you're going to step into that role, you have to recognize you're going to motorize a lot of emotions. Yeah. I mean, there's, all of that stuff is going to motorize. It's going to start kicking up, and you're going to hear the engine, vroom, vroom, and the people waiting for you to fall are idling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are with your gear shifting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, and then the people who really want you to fail are, are, are literally putting a, a, a um, what do you call it, bad gas in the tank, bad fluids, because they oh, want to yes. stop you. They're hindering. And so you have to recognize that when you want to do good, that thing is going to motorize a lot of sentiments on it, and you have to know that it's not about any of them. I don't, right. there's not, as hard as it is for people to believe, I don't do it because that's what people like or dislike, approve or disapprove. Otherwise, you know, come on now, let's get real. We've been here today. Because the minute people determine your righteousness, then people determine your, they've already decreed your rise and fall. Mm -hmm. See, I know that. So if I'm rising on what God gave me, then I won't fall on what people hate about me. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's great. That, that's being okay. solid in your leadership identity. So I don't, I don't do that. Well, you know, the people don't know. Today, that fifth estate, that fourth estate is destroying institutions and leaders because leaders cannot take the offense of people. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. since I grew up in the street of, streets of Newark, New Jersey, what was that? bullied on the way to school, bullied back home, bullied at home, I am pretty, pretty much accustomed to people not agreeing. And I had to survive that and stay me or cower under that and make all kinds of ridiculous concessions that are going to destroy me. Because your first concession is what calms people. Every concession thereafter erodes your security. Ooh. Wow. Because after that, they own you. After that, they push you. After that, they rule you. After that, they're going to send them. And then eventually you get to the point that you can't please them no matter what you do. And since humans are, are, are fluent, you, you cannot rely on today's pleasing as tomorrow's reinforcement. It's not going to happen. They're not going to affirm you tomorrow. And you've got to be all right with that. You've got to learn to be all right with people's disagreement with you and their misaffection. Yeah. Wow. You have to, and I had to. And trust me, it's not like you don't have those moments where you say, now, Lord. But when I do, God be like, don't you? Uh, uh, no. Because, see, God is the first one that has to deal with that. Every day he's got to deal with millions, billions of souls and lives that don't like him. So what is he going to say? I'm getting off my throne? Oh, uh, no. He's like, you'll figure it out or you'll die. You know, God's attitude is very serious about that. People think because he doesn't say a lot, or, or they don't, people don't hear that he doesn't have an answer. Are you kidding? God's attitude is, you don't like me. So what? You don't believe I exist. You're lost. Yeah. 
You don't believe I'm God. I don't know what to tell you. Because in God's mind, he's listening to people who are aging, dying, corrupting before his eyes, trying to discredit him. And he's like, are you kidding me? Look at you. You're all wired up. You're all bent over. You're pushing stills and, and carrying on. And you're going to tell me about being God? Uh-uh. I'm waiting for you. Because by the time you get to the end of this, you're going to find out I'm the living God. When he talks to the prophets, the one thing he says a lot is that, as I live. Yeah. 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 And I'm the living God. That, and, and we read that in sounds so poetic. No, he's saying, you'll be dead long before I will. So, because you you know we have Christians with all of these dumb sentiments, but again, scriptures offering mantles. They've already known this man has a world. They already know he has a whole civilization that that goes. They already know that he cannot be killed, cannot cannot die. They already know. That's why he had to become mortal. They couldn't kill him as as the sovereign, so that he had to become mortal to be killed. Just for Satan to say, you don't know what it is to be dead. So Jesus like, got that covered. And I'm back. I'm back. Again. Yeah, and it wasn't great. <laughs> All right. This isn't good. It's not good, so I won't be doing that again. You chose poorly. You sure? Yes. Anything else? I'm not going to stick around on that one. Oh, you want her to take a couple and then we just got? got I, she got a lot of blue here. You yes. can run today, girl. I do. Uh, well, I, I wanted to ask you about, you talked about the... The, where we went wrong when we reintroduced the prophetic mm-hmm. back in the in kind of like into mainstream um, that we introduced it strictly on the grounds of prophecy and the predictive. Um, so my question is, you know, as God is over, really overturning that, what is the sound of, you know, His prophets who are in His stream now? What is that going to be? You know, where is God really taking this? Because I believe even really quality prophets are stuck in the predictive. You know, we're stuck in even what people believe we are. You know, that you're only supposed to confirm things or affirm things, you know. And so even quality prophets, I think, are still stuck right there. So what is it going to be as God moves this thing? Well, since you're a regional prophet, Very cool. I feel a question coming back to me. (laughs) (laughs) She shifted. Since you are a regional prophet out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which means you cover a wide region, and you are a member of NEAR's Global Prophetic Company. I think I know the answer to this one. Phew. I think, I hope. Tell them the answer that you would give. As a regional prophet, yeah. based on your training and education, and you've been ordained how long? Since 2006, so, wow, 13, 12 years. 12 years. So okay. you've been ordained okay. 12 years, mm-hmm. and you've been a regional prophet. You also train yeah. kids, mm-hmm. prophetic kids, which, which makes your questions so relevant yeah. and valid. So what would you say? To someone who, with your credentials, and yeah. you've got a lot, what would you say so that they would hear from their generation? Uh, well, I, I would say just based off the training that I've had and just what I'm noticing God doing is that part of that different sound is going to be not only what they can speak to in terms of, like, what's coming ahead, but what they're able to produce, essentially. Mm. Like, what are they bearing? 
you know, what kind of what kind of fruit are they able to bring to the table? Um, and not only that, but um, the scope and the extent of their abilities, I guess, beyond the realm of, oh, hey, you know, this is just the word of the Lord, but people being able to look for their prophets to be able to teach, to be able to instruct, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and to also be able to interpret and then manifest, because you've talked about that quite a bit as well, you know, people being able to um, expect that a prophet that's in the stream of God now mm -hmm. um, is going to be coming with a whole bag of goods, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, I think that also prophetic ed, I'm just going to flip that in there. Well, because, I was going there, that's um, why I prophetic put ed, Yeah, prophetic ed, <laughs> the, the prophet as an agent, if you mm -hmm. will, you know, the prophet that's in an agency, so looking for prophets to be placed. You know, I, I believe that one of the things, especially, you know, the young generation um, is going to be able to find a prophet in a place, mm -hmm. you know, in an agency, in an institution, bringing back the, inst uh, the institutionalizing yes. the prophet yet again, because that's how we began, yeah. you know, so I think that the, especially with Mir, the emergence of prophetic ed, which is the goal is to give prophets an, a bona fide place mm -hmm. and position um, that would automatically elevate them from beyond the realms of just, hey, I have a word, mm -hmm. you know, um, because right now we're fending for ourselves, you know, and we, we can only get endorsed based on our ability to prophesy. And you know, your last, your last, um, what is it? Uh, fulfilled prophecy. Exactly. You know you're going to get shot. Oh, oh sure. Baby, oh, absolutely. You're like, you know, your last word that people say had to confirm everything they thought anyway, so then you're thinking, what was the use of my even saying anything? But, <laughs> you know, because I, 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 yeah, I hear that so much, too. You know, people will seek you out for a prophetic word and then tell you, oh, yeah, that's everything. I'm like, if it was everything you do, why were you seeking a word? But um, anyhow, but I, I, I think that the, the – the building, but the building, the establishment of, 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 of profits as agents in agencies yes. is huge. And that is the look of the future. Yeah. I really believe that. Well, it has to be the look of the future because we already have psychics established in centers. Yes. yes. See, people can find a psychic more readily than they can find a prophet. Yes. 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 And then if they find a prophet, they need to they still have to be concerned about whether or not the prophet is really a psychic. Ooh. Yeah. Because, because of the absence of the, the, uh, the Lord's prophetic institution, the Lord's literally um, the absence of a void in prophetic education. Because, see, we've had prophetic training, and pro training is not education. And somebody is going to tell these prophets the difference between the two. Yeah. Training is not education. You said you That's talked good. to somebody yesterday That's who good. said what? What did you say? Yes, I, I did a PAQ, post-assessment advisement, the prophetic aptitude questionnaire, mm -hmm. post-assessment advisement. And the gentleman said, I asked if he had had prophetic training before, typical question we asked. And he said, well... You know, I, I've gone to these things called schools of profits, but really they're um, workshops. You know, it's like a weekend workshop, so it's really not schools, mm -hmm. even though they're called schools. He said it's not school. Mm -hmm. And uh, nothing compared to when you see school on something else, mm -hmm. what do you expect to get? So people, and that's the interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. These, these people continue to do it acting as if the Folks don't know the difference between a school, a workshop, a seminar, etc. Because we're in the temple, we don't realize that these people go to seminars and workshops all the time 
at their job, some of which are as long as two hours or short as two hours, others as long as several months. They already know what training looks like. They know what education, they've gone to college. And so we keep downgrading them and downgrading our institution because we don't want to upgrade our capabilities and our venues. And so we keep downgrading them. So you sit there, and that's why you, and, and, and think about this one, then somebody who is educated, who's gone to school, but they are called to be the prophetic or the prophet, and this is the only place they know. I mean, your, your thing is only a handful of them. And so you get really tight when they ask you questions you can't answer because yeah. they're coming to you from the perspective of an educator of, or of a at least high-functioning t- trainee, and you just try to say, well, you know, when you prophesy, just go, gotcha. <laughs> See, that technique, is, and, and that's not, yeah, I've seen it, and i say in a minute, first of all, I've only been in a few in my life, because, you know, I'm the woman that's writing it and writing that, writing that out of existence, and I, I, I'm, I'm with her. I'm writing it out of existence because I think it's an embarrassment to Christ. Yes. I think that you are com- conveying, um, deliberately or not, you're conveying that Jesus Christ is less than the devils of this world. And Paul of Christ. My God. Huh, Paul of Christ. Yeah. Oh, devil. You're possibly. I'm deviling twice this year. <laughs> <laughs> it is only January. <laughs> Don't get hooked. No, only by permission. But. So we are literally, Paul of Christ exists to manifest the true Jesus Christ, who is Alpha and Omega, beginning and ending, first and last, the resurrection and the life, the, the, the firstborn of creation, the firstborn from the Adam, the firstborn from the dead. See, I'm I'm on that Jesus. Y'all got that little, you got them little knockoff Jesuses, them little fake Jesuses that the psychics told you about. I'm not a psychic. I am a representative of the Godhead, and I'm telling you, I represent the throne of Christ, which is the throne of eternity, and I am not presenting him like some idiot. I'm not doing it. Not for any devil. There's not a devil made that's going to make me have him look that bad. I won't do it. They made a devil to come in. No, he's a sh- you know, he's a sugar. He's a sugar. How are you gonna say he's Alpha and Omega and you don't think he has the answers? Yeah, I asked Jesus, you know, what that word meant, and he said, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> oh I never God. from the day that man got me up off that floor and said, Listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And I'm sending you. He said, and I want you to know you're going to know me as I am. That was my first word. You will know me as I am. Not only the I am, but as I exist, as I function, as I think, as I operate, as I live, as I rule, as I reign. You're going to know me, and I know this man like that. I don't care what a devil says. So don't even try to make me feel like I'm prideful, because I'm going to tell you I am not prideful, but I'm proud of Jesus Christ. And I'm always going to sport that pride, because I'm proud of the man. Paul said, I boast in the Lord. Yes, I do. I can't boast enough about him. I'm stuck, y'all. I'm like, I am so proud of him, I don't know what to do. Because you know what? The man owned the red button. And you know, he's never pushed it. He's, uh, he's like slap us around a little bit, but he still keeps this planet going. They, I don't care when anybody said, the minute I found out 
why Jesus is the Christ. When all they bullshit wrote on the minute. The minute I found out why Jesus is the Christ and why he can never be dethroned, when I got those two pieces of information, my world shifted. I had my heart reset. Go ahead. Look at that. See, that's you all. I can't hear you. That's y'all. So I'm telling you, scriptures offering mantles have a different attitude yeah. about Christ. Those of us who are descendants from scriptures offering mantles, who have devolved from the, the foundations that Paul and all of and, and Peter and Paul and all of them lay. Let me tell you something. I hear it. You can if you are called to, from that, if that's you, you are excited about me right now. Because yeah. you realize, oh God got it done. Oh, well, if he got it done with one, he can yeah. get it done with two. If he got it done with three. Hey, let's go with 50. Oh, if you got it done with 50, let's go with 5,000. So you understand, I should be, instead of having a problem with the prophets and apostles who are strong, and, and yeah, I'm elite. Yes, I am. I'm an elite. I am the top tier, top force. And I, and I, you know why I am? Because I plan to be. I didn't plan to slum with the man. I didn't plan Come to bring on. him down. I didn't plan, plan to lift the, chop the legs off his throne. I didn't plan to discredit him among men. I didn't plan to bring him down under Satan. See, because when you say that stuff, that's what you're saying. I plan to make sure that people know the blood doesn't work. I'm, that's why Woo! I'm I sin because the blood doesn't work. I lie and cheat because the Holy Spirit doesn't work. I do this because the new creation is a flawed, is as flawed Ooh. as the old one. I do this because I prefer Adam over Christ. I do see. I don't hear your stuff like everybody else does, so I don't run into the mercy seat on that garbage. My God, today, and I don't take it to the mercy seat. <laughs> I stand up in my office and say the devil is a liar. My Bible said, if anybody's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Are you kidding me? The Bible said that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, male nor female. So either the blood works for everybody, or it works for nobody. Now, just because you don't like his blood, don't tell me it's impotent. Because this is a blood, the only thing that yeah. saves you. And it will ne- my, listen. It will never lose its power. So I plan to support Jesus Christ. I plan to make him look real, real good. I plan to let everybody know that he is the wisdom of all, all creation. I plan it. I work at it, and I lift him up. And we talk about it every day. Come on, honey. What are we gonna do today? Come on, Hallelujah. I want the world to know that the devil is a liar, and the darkness is sin, and doom is real, and he's the doomer. Mercy. Now, I'm telling you, and you know why I can say that? Because I come from scriptures, offering that I am a descendant of the apostles and prophets that brought us the inspired word of God. I am not just a convert to salvation. Hallelujah. I'm not just born again from above. All of those are my, my fundamental resources and ingredients. I'm a descendant of those who co-authored scripture with the Almighty. That's me. And that's what I'm reproducing. Is that you? Yes. How about you? Yes. Show up. So, (laughs) show up. (laughs) Baby, I'm not, are you kidding? I'm not taken down for, because you don't know how great he is. We we, we used to say how great thou art, and then you want on to say how great Satan became. I'm not doing that. 
I know he failed. See, when I, and if you don't have the strength because you don't read your Bible, you don't have the strength because you don't hang out with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of you all talk about, I can't stand to be around Christians. Don't worry about it. Christians got a problem with you. The difference is you can, you can voice it, and we got to say that we, we're there for your salvation. Honey, Christians got a problem with sin. Two Christians don't want to hang with you. Trust me. Real Christians don't want to come to your party. We don't want to do the bump and grind with you. No. We don't want to go to your clubs. Not because real Christians. That. Come on. We are not interested. Come on. Let me tell you something. Not only do we not want it, we're not impressed. Come on. We don't feel like we're cheated because we don't bump and grind with strangers <laughs> in the dark and we don't know what they're going to do to it. See, we, we are the children of light. Hey. Children of light. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a daughter of righteousness. I'm a daughter of light. And I bring the light of Christ because Jesus Christ is the only light of the world. Every other God is taking y'all to hell and giving you diseases and all kinds of uncleanness, breaking your heart, tearing up your home, and telling you you like it. Mm-hmm. But not my honey. Not my honey. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. For this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith, all of these old ministers, y'all don't wait to get old and become corrupt. Talk about old and go back to the grave and pick up your old man, pick up your old diseases, Woo! your old sins, your own old fornication. Y'all going to sit there and perpetrate that and peddle that on the people of God. These millennials getting all funked up and dirtied up because of their father in the Lord and mother in the Lord couldn't endure to the end. Not happening here. No. Not here. No. Not here. My God. Every time I'm faced, faced with a temptation and I get a lot of them, you know what I think? These women do not deserve to suffer for my inability to stand, having done all to stand. I don't have a right to pull them down. I don't have the right to drag them through the mud. I don't have that right. And I will not do it. I am faithful to my Savior, but I'm faithful to his work and his products. And these are his products. So a lot of times, it's not like, this is Dr. Price finds it easy. No, but I'm, I gave my word to this man. What you see is preachers who break in their word, and they're breaking their word, and they're breaking their word, and they're violating their covenant, and they're apostatizing from Jesus Christ because they lost their way. I'm not that woman. I started with the right Christ, and I'm going to finish with the right Christ. My God. I'm going to tell you right now. Go on and say something, girl, because she kind of got all caught up and stuff. You got so quiet. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I am good to Jesus Christ. I vow to be good to Jesus Christ. I tell him every morning, I'm going to be good to you today, sweetheart. I'm going to do what you want. What is it that you need done? I am good to him because he's the good shepherd. And he's the good God, and he's done nothing to deserve what we're doing to him. Not one thing did he do to deserve the trash in his pulpit. These women and, stand, and these kids standing up there with raggedy jeans. You're standing up there with your boobs hanging, your crotch clinging. You, he did nothing. <laughs> well, he did nothing to deserve your behind the kids. Not one thing. And so you might think that's what he's worth. I don't. I think he's worth holiness because he is holy. I think he's worth righteousness because he is righteous. I think he's worth, he's worth truth because he's true. He's worth generosity. He's worth worship and praise. He's worth devotion. I'm telling you, I'm giving him what he's due. And you're giving him what he's not due. I'm not doing it. I'm not letting a devil define my Christianity. There will not be any kind of, well, you don't know. Zeus was a god too. No, he wasn't. He was a whore. I studied it. Yeah. He's a whore. Yeah. 
He's a murderer. He's a thief. You got all these criminal deities running around. They're trying to tell you they're better than Jesus Christ. Not in this not in this sanctuary. Here, God is God. He's celebrated, celebrated as God. You want to be in with the truth? I'm telling you, I'm one of those places. I don't think I'm the only one, but I know I'm the most boisterous one. <laughs> Marcia Shannon said, crotch clinging, learning some new phrases. <laughs> He's my honey And I'm telling you God The Lord Jesus Christ deserves better For the 2,000 plus years Investment he's put in mortal folks In his kingdom and his church He deserves better And it takes the scriptures offering mantles To tell you that he deserves better Not to turn around and say yeah well God understands Well you know people are not going to like it I don't care I've sat at some big tables with some crowded folks And they said folks Well you know the people are not going to like it If they're unsaved they ought not to and that's the least of their problems. Not liking the gospel is the least of their problems. Mm. That's the least of God's concern about them. Grab it. Mm. She tried by herself. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Uh, 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 you know it's the truth. I do. Keep talking. <laughs> no, you can pick a question, pick up the something. You got blue. You got blue. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Lord help. You talked about. She's back. She's back. So you guys got to come with your own water or something. Then the the New Testament prophet, you know, you've you've talked about this, and I think it's important to bring this out because you spoke so much on this today. you know, they have to be working with apostles. You yes. Know, they just have to be. You said the phrase that the communicators announce the legislators. So um, maybe you could speak on that just a little bit because I, I think a lot of New Testament prophets are trying to find their place. So does, even if you're not an apostolic prophet, yeah. you need to be in a stream with an apostle and, and why, you know, just maybe speaking on that a little bit because that might help us. What do you think? She's a brand new apostle. We might as well put her to work. I think we should. Equal opportunity here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say it's essential to be connected with an apostle on some level because, well, that's the primary mantle that's mm-hmm. getting the information firsthand. Anything after that is a, a downgrade in um, not even necessarily quality of what you're getting because we have highly qualified prophets, mm-hmm. but the uh, level of information. You know, whatever information comes straight out of the White House versus what you hear on the newswire versus what ultimately gets on social media. And what's in your state. And what's in your state might all be on the same subject Mm -hmm. and topic, but nowhere near the same level of information or credibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the farther down the line it goes, then you have to question, okay, well, where did you get this from? Mm -hmm. Because I know this information doesn't come to you firsthand. Mm -hmm. So who is your source and who is your source? Prophet Angela had to put on the Wednesday Warriors page, look. These are the different types of media. You have to screen what you're posting up here. Mm -hmm. You just can't put anything out there and not do your research. Mm -hmm. And so the importance to me of having that apostle in a stream somewhere Mm -hmm. with a prophet, even if they're not an apostolic prophet, is those are the the coagulating mantles. They are. Together, Mm -hmm. that work together, and then disseminating to the other offices. I like it. And I want to talk, and let's, let's go a little deeper. Um, what I want to tell you is that the reason you need an apostle is because God closed down the law of Moses. Mm-hmm. And he 
open up. All, so as far as natural Israel, remember, natural Israel. Oh, shoot. Then you say we're going deeper? <laughs> we get paper. <laughs> natural Israel, you know, people ask me all the time the difference, and I think I mentioned it, mentioned it earlier, um, ask me all the time, what is the difference between an Old Testament and New Testament prophet? And so that is the reason, because people couldn't answer that, they went to Greco-Roman models and brands. Because all we, because the New Testament, you know, the Septuagint, Greek, and the New Testament is about being Greek and Aramaic and all of that kind of stuff. So in their mind, because by this time, you know, Israel is under the Romans. And so... In their mind, the only we have to find a difference that um, that brings out our excellence and that brings out the exceptionality of the cross, the blood of Jesus, and all of that. We need that that information. So we went Greco-Roman because we if, we if we say the law is finished, if God has fulfilled the law and He shut down the law institutions and the law's economies, then we have to find out where the church is. And in order to do that, we have to now stop giving credence to the Old Testament and then ex- isolate the New Testament from it. That's not how God works. The Old Testament was of the flesh. It said the law was fleshly. It was of the flesh. It was for humans, mortals, more than human mortals. That's why in the Old Testament, God keeps giving you a long life. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk about eternal life, new life. No, no, mm-hmm. a long life. Huh. Because everybody who died goes to hell. So, under the Old Testament, it's about mortality, but it's also about a single nation that God raised up to dominate the world and to make himself known to the world. So, do you have a question? I do. Okay. How does that feed into and tie to Jesus fulfilling the law? Well, uh, because, because, you know, the argument we're no longer under the law, and Christ and everything like that. Well, he said he came to fulfill and not abolish. So if you are a researcher and you like etymologies, you're going to study the difference between the two words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. If I were writing a, a, an annotation on that passage, he said, and not only that, the law and the prophets, because the prophets ruled the Old Testament, the prophets were the voice of God and the, and the governance of God, because Israel was founded by prophets, mm-hmm. and it was procreated by prophets. In that power. Mm-hmm. But so because it was for one nation. When God decided that he's going global and now he's going to take this national soul nation prototype and now multiply it and populate the planet with it, now he's going global. And so because he's going global and he's already fulfilled the law, he took himself from just being the great prophet of Moses to becoming the apostle of our profession. Even Jesus shifted. Wow. And so he, isn't that interesting? So when he says now, when he talks about, well, we're, we're not under the law, we're not under the law because we're in him, because as the author of the law, he embodied it when he rose from the dead. I will walk in them. I will talk in them. They will be my people, and I will be their God. So in the realm of royalty, in the realm of kings, 
and Jesus has to be there in the realm of kings, all kings, all monarchs embody the government and the constitutions of the land. Now, since God is not a constitutional God, and his realm is not a constitutional realm, but an organic one, an anatomic organic one, then Jesus comes and he's, his anatomy becomes the law, and he anatomizes the law of Moses. Hmm. Are you all are y'all following me? I mean, I know this is, oh, is this okay? Oh, yeah. So he, Jesus says, I've come, when he said, I've come to fulfill the law, he meant complete. He meant, you know, um, uh, finish off, tie off the loose ends and all of that. And he did it by taking the law off stone and paper and putting it in himself because that's where it began. <clears throat> so now when we talk about apostles, since God was taking Israel and pulling it out of its, its um, carnal existence, he's now reconnecting it spiritually with his eternal ecclesia. In Hebrews 12, it says as much. So he's saying, I've come to become the law. I've come to embody the law. I've come to... to um, to, uh, what do you call it, uh, disseminate the law, to anatomize it, because God, everything in God is living. Remember, God's stones talk. He said that. Everything in God, God lives. There's nothing dead or inanimate in his realm, because it's in him, and he's not dead. So the difference between that, that uh, Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet is that the Old Testament prophet was closed down, shut down under Moses' law that was given by prophets. The New Testament prophets were revived by the apostles under the law and life of Jesus Christ. So what they did nationally, the New Testament prophets carried forward globally, all nations all peoples, all kindreds, tribes, and tongues, which is why if you're talking about we have 190-something nations and Israel is just one, then 191 nations need a prophetic covering, right. a prophetic status. But they cannot do it according to Greco-Roman, which means all of the rest of the Gentiles were under, obviously, under demons. Israel, too, that's why he and God, they always fought. But we, we're going to leave them. We're going to talk about God's ideal right now. <laughs> Because they, they always had a falling out with the Holy Ghost. So now prophets today have to be connected with prophets because God put the world in the hands of his prophets. Mm-hmm. First apostles, of his apostles, first apostles. So prophets cease to exist until, in terms of a legitimate function, under the new creation because they had to be born again. They had to all, you know, and, and, and catch what Paul was catching and see their works anatomized, see their works as living beings because everything about God is life. That's why it's important. God's business is people because God's cells are his creation. Mm-hmm. 
So we have. So when we look at that, we have got to give a, a, treat this more a, a lot more differently. So a lot of the folks they were like, well, let's just do what the psychics do because the prophets must be wrong because he said he abolished the law of the prophet. He, I mean, he you know came to destroy the law. No, no, no. Psychics have always worked for fallen angels. They work for fallen angels who are demons. They work for the offspring of devils, which are demons. Mm. They have always done it, so they are, they're always going to be B.C. That's why they're working, the pagans now are working to bring us back to the B.C. world, and they did it by first converting prophets to their B.C. rhetoric and their B.C. mode and manner of discharging the office. They made their prophets B.C., back to devils, before Christ. Wow. And because, hey... You know, God needed a lot more apostles. There are things that we'll be able to do. When God says greater works, he's talking about greater works by magnitude, not more superior, but more magnanimous and more multiplied. Mm -hmm. See, because we're, we're we, right now we might be fighting here as prophets in America or whatever. We got our, our, our brothers over here and sisters over here and a prophetic card over there and whatever. They just need to be brought into the unity of the faith, the cohesiveness. And that came from prophets. And we, you know, I'm going to talk about this at another time because, you know, this is a lot and we are running down. Uh, but we have to recognize that the reason you, you, you can't really function without an apostle is because apostles founded the new creation. Okay. They founded the church. You see, apostles existed before the church was born. Right. They, there was apostles that were up in the upper room, 120 people, and the original 12 apostles, one of which was not with the 11. Hadn't seen Jesus, didn't whatever, but he was chosen by Jesus to represent the 12th tribe, whichever tribe that might have been. But it was the, God used the apostles to birth his church, to beget it to found it and to establish it. And they did it first dealing with his kingdom and then his church. Because remember, I think it's a perfect place to wrap it up, remember that the ecclesia is the material substance that the kingdom of God is made of. Mm. It's really good. Huh. I need you all to help me. I'm trying to get us back on television. We need to we need to publish. We need to um, record shows, and I need you to help me. I freely poured this out because I, I genuinely this is what I'm made of. If I'm going to be made of anything, I'm made of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Logos of God, the Holy Spirit, who is the wisdom and the power of God. So I am this, and, and they'll tell you this is me, 24/7. They she. We eat dinner, we, same thing, I'm this. And so I'm not fake. And I'm saying that because some of you all are reluctant because you've been burned before, you've been hurt before, you've yeah. been cheated and robbed. A few of you all have given your inheritance, you've given your everything to these, these leaders. And right now, even though I sound different, you're hesitant because you think, what if you, what if you get connected, what if you buy in, are you going to be disappointed again? I, am, I started this in 1985. I was saved, born again in 1981. I was filled with the Holy Ghost in 1982. I'm a little slow. And so I've been at this thing. You can check my record because you should check the record of anything you get behind. 
Check my record. Check my history. Look at my writings. I have pages of books, a whole page of books on Amazon of what I've written, what I teach, and what I think. I've been doing this since 1985. Next month, I will be 67 years old. For 32 years, I have been faithful to Jesus Christ, and I deserve the seed, and I deserve the reward of faithfulness and allegiance and righteousness. And it's unfortunate that people are doing it wrong. It's unfortunate that they've done you wrong. But this is good ground, and this is a great inheritance. And I realize, we realize this week that there is a spirit running around telling you all that I am not righteous, telling you all that I got secret stuff going on, telling you all to stop listening to me, telling you all that you don't need to follow me. That is a devil. And I know it's the devil because you hear me every week. What have I said that is not worth you following? And then they're telling you, well, that's why we don't want to get out. Satan himself does not want me on broadcast television because it will slay his kingdom. I need you to buy into that truth. Come on. And I need you to say, I am getting this word out here. You don't have to like how I look. You don't have to like my demeanor, but I caught you. Why can't I catch more? Catch more? Right. But yeah. I am not, uh, I don't have secret sin. You can, they check my email, because you know folks do. I'm playing in Amazon. That's <laughs> what I do. I play in all my little toys in Amazon, and not the dirty side thereof. I, there is no secret anything. You won't look at that. I don't have secret sin because I don't have sinful desires. My desire is literally for the man, Christ Jesus. I love this man, and I hate what happened to him. And if you hate what they're doing to your Lord, and if you hate how they're mistreating and maligning your Savior, then you want to sow into this. And this is great ground. These people can tell you, folk come here and ask them, they think I don't know it, ask them all kind of questions. So what's she like? So is she really that? Well, did she really say that? And you know what? They are close to me. These women have been with me for, what, almost 20 years. Yeah. And we have been like the apostles of the Bible. We've almost been together every day, almost every minute, and they can testify. The people who relocated here, they will tell you I'm more real than they even imagined on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so I shouldn't be scrapping for finances, except that there's a devil making you judge me by someone else's failure. Woo! Yeah. Wow. And so you are, I'm sentenced because of someone else's failure. And people are withholding their support, meaning they're binding up this, the souls that need this truth because someone else did it wrong. And I always have a, I have a word. Just because somebody does it wrong doesn't mean it shouldn't be done and that there are no righteous ones coming to correct it. Yeah. Mm. So I'm telling, I'm asking you today, I need to get, I need to produce. I need to produce shows. I need to get on television. I need my own show. People need to be free. Yes. Yes. And this word should not be locked down because the devil is terrified of it. Yes. I need you to be his terrorist. I need you to terrify him. And one way to do so is to put the answer and the solution that God spent 30 years making and testing and vetting and trying and slashing to make sure that when I step out, you will not be brokenhearted. You will not be defrauded. You will not be cheated. I'm not trying to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm,
I might have tried to do it. At this age, I just want to get my work done and get up out of here. That's what my plan is. Yes. There is nothing in this world that's all that exciting to me but Jesus and giving him his inheritance. And our job is to guard and to make sure we secure his inheritance in every one of us because his inheritance is in you and me. And unless we get you and me together on the same page and then get what God has given me as, the, as his voice in this hour out to the nations, his inheritance is at risk and it suffers. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal to me. So I'm asking you today, if this, if this, you're one of us, you're, you want to, I want to get this out here, Dr. Price, I need you to dig deep. I need you to dig very deep. I need you to go into those vaults and go in under the bed and go in that master's pool and get that sock out that you got all that money in. I see that sock of money. I need you to do that and say, but my God is worth it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like me as a woman to appreciate me as his messenger and as his representative. Amen. If your hope is in Jesus and you want him to make it, you want his people recovered, you want his, his kingdom restored, you want his congregations sanctified, then this is good ground. Yes. This is good ground. Because I don't care what devils promise you, God got them on a budget. They can't deliver what Christ does. So. Good. So, to, so today, if you're a PayPal user, you would just go to paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price, or um, when you're using PayPal to PayPal, you're just going to look up her tag at Dr. Paula Price, and it'll give you those instructions for Cash App users. The Cash App tag is Dr. Paula Price, no spaces. You're just going to use your cash, uh, the, the dollar sign, as you know, using Cash App and put Dr. Paula Price, no spaces. And then text to give 918 so three ways that you can give today, PayPal, Cash App, and text to give 918-608-1378. Just one more time on the, those Cash App tags. It's the dollar sign, Dr. Paula Price, no spaces, or paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price. So I thank you. I want to thank you in advance for your seed and your sacrifices, but I want to thank you for the motivation for them, and that is you believe that this is Christ's time, and you believe that we, his church, his ecclesia, his kingdom, must get him published in truth. We've got to get the truth back out there because souls are healed by truth. Souls need truth serum. And so I thank you for it. Make sure you remember to go to my page. And download as of this evening. Now, don't go now because some of you all say it's not there. No, this <laughs> evening, start tomorrow morning, you'll and download the Destiny Perspective offer that I prepared for you because some of you are called to be part of the Godhead's 2019 staff of apostles, and he needs you to do this. Now, it's not a lot. But you just might be the one. Until Sunday at 8 a.m. where we have Sunday school with Prophet Adia and Sunday service with me at 10 a.m. at the Congregation of the Mighty, I love you dearly. I trust you. I praise God for you. But I'm going to say something rather bold. But I need you to trust me too. God bless you. Have a great weekend.